0: Check your trim set, check your heading norm, light heading at 074. Check your altimeter set, 2946, corrective center point elevation, 0 feet. Check your barrel zero. check your STS twelve thirty, thirty thirty four. 30, 30, 34. Check your fuel, check your seat off, lights
1: out. Welcome to the Renegade Aviator Radio Show with David Costa. I wish that I could fly, into the sky, so very high, just like the dragonfly, i fly above the trees, over the
2: seas, and all the grease, to anyone.
0: your parker brake off. Check your trim set. Check your nozzle steering on. Maneuver.
2: Damn and half page. Left turn out. Up. Off now. Congratulations ladies and gentlemen. You have found the most unique radio show anywhere. Don't touch that dial. This is David Costa and I am the Renegade Aviator. My phone number 888-366-5256. If you have ever looked skyward with wonder, this show's for you. If you're a pilot, want to become a pilot, or a seasoned, grizzled veteran like myself, this show is for you. We're going to show you how to buy them, how to maintain them, how to own them, how to fly them, right side up and upside down. History, stories, and a bunch of fun stuff. But more important is passion and excellence. Aviation exudes passion and excellence. We're going to showcase that. So even if you're not a pilot, but you think airplanes are cool, and maybe you want to become that pilot, but you want to become a better pilot, or you're that seasoned veteran, and maybe you've forgotten some of the passion, some of the joy that aviation brings, this show is for you. 888-366-5256. David Costa, renegade aviator
1: questions comments suggestions or recommendations call the renegade aviator at 888-366-5256 anytime and leave us a message
3: something else we have in common flying on the airlines and listening to the airlines announcements and trying to pretend to ourselves that the language they're using is really English. Doesn't seem like it to me. Whole thing starts when you get to the gate. First announcement. We would like to begin the boarding process. Extra word, process, not necessary. Boarding is enough. We'd like to begin the boarding. Simple, tells the story. People add extra words when they want things to sound more important than they really are. Boarding process sounds important. It isn't. Just a bunch of people getting on an airplane.
2: Okay. Hey, I just interject a little bit of humor back and forth, in and out, makes the show move a little bit quicker. That was George Carlin, if you haven't figured it out. You'll hear more of him in the show as well. Here we go. Mark your calendars July 14th, 2018, the Truckee Tahoe Air Show and Family Festival, a free event. We're going to talk more about this show during today's broadcast. We're going to meet some of the pilots, some of the people behind the scenes that are putting this event together. You're not going to want to miss this because aviation is something you have to do. It's great to listen to this radio show, and believe me, there's a lot of good stuff coming in the weeks to come, but a big part of this is to get out to that local airport and see these airplanes, talk to the pilots, talk to the people involved. Experience the passion, experience the expertise and, and the thrill that aviation can bring. This weekend, july fourteenth, the Truckee Tahoe Air Show and Family Festival. Come on out at the Truckee Airport, Truckee, California, nine AM to four PM free event, free parking, bring the kids. There's something for everyone. And there's a chance for you, any any kid. Uh, younger than 17, I think it's older than 8, you'll to check me on that. We'll talk to people later in the show that will confirm it. You have an opportunity for your kids, your grandkids, to fly in an airplane. And you know what? Even if you're an adult, you're over 18, and want to purchase a ride in a historic P-51 or maybe a historic B-25 bomber, two World War II airplanes. They'll be selling rides at this event as well, all for charity. But if you're a child between 8 and 17, and you want to come out and actually get a chance to fly in an airplane for free, come on out to the Truckee Tahoe Air Show and Family Festival, July Fourteenth, two 2018. Be there. I'll be there. I'll look to see you. Dave Costa renegade aviator
3: As soon as I close the door to the aircraft, that's when they begin the safety lecture. I love the safety lecture This is my favorite part of the airplane ride. I listen very carefully to the safety lecture Especially that part where they teach us how to use the seat belts Imagine this here. We are a plane full of grown human beings many of us partially educated And they're actually taking time out to describe the intricate workings of a belt buckle. (laughs) Place the small metal flap into the buckle. Well, I asked for clarification at that point. Open here, please. Open here. Yes, thank you very much. Did I hear you correctly? Did you say place the small metal flap into the buckle or Place the buckle over and around the small metal flap. I'm a simple man. I do not possess an engineering degree, nor am I mechanically inclined. Sorry to have taken up so much of your time. Please continue
2: with the wonderful safety lecture. Seatbelt. I had the opportunity to interview one of the performers that you'll see at the Truckee Tahoe Air Show on Saturday, July 14th. His name is Kirby Chambliss. If you've watched TV, you may have seen the Red Bull Air Races. Kirby is one of the rare pilots, one of the charter members of the Red Bull Air Race series, and we talked a little bit about what it takes to be a Red Bull Air racer. Listen to this.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it used to really be invitation only. We used to say when you try to take something that's pretty crazy, and it was, it was. I'll, I'll just say it. I mean, uh, early on, you know, it was, it was. Uh, um, really exciting because we were all trying to figure it all out, you know. And uh at that time, you know, they knew the way that it was set up that it could be, you know, somewhat dangerous. So Peter Bessier, one of the guys that started, said, hey, first of all, unless you're 1 through 15 in the world aerobatic standings, you're not invited. So that yeah, was, you know, for me, I was the only American at the time, and that's how I got the invitation to come over and, and to do it, you know, so when we first started the stuff. But it's gone away from that now. I don't believe you have to, you know, you have to have flown in the World Aerobatic Championships, but you don't have to be 1 through 15 anymore. So there's a what they call a Challenger Series now, too, which is a lower-level ser- series that they run, you know, the day before the race, and so they have their own race, too. I guess it's probably like, uh, you know, I'm not all that familiar with the NASCAR, but I know they've got an entry-level, too, like the truck race or something. Well, you know, they do that now at the Red Bull Air Race. So we've got the Challenger Series, and then, usually the you know if you're going to move up to the masters you've come through that challenger program so you know there's certain requirements for that you know you've got to be you know uh, very well versed in aerobatics and these type of airplane and you know it's also really good if you've done a lot of low-level display flying because you, know, you pull on this airplane and you know yourself you know if you're not just exactly square on the rudders when you pull on it and it departs and it does a half snap to invert it and you're you know, 20 feet above the, you know, water or the ground, whatever the case may be, and that does happen. You know, you really don't have time to think, okay, let me see, uh, forward stick, and then I should come off the, you know, I mean, it's over. So you have to just, it has to just be instinct. And the only way that you have that experience is, like I said, a lot of aerobatic time and also low-level distance flying. So that's, you know, one of the, you know, first things that you've got to have before you're going to be invited to be a challenger in order to
2: be able to move up to the master class. This is David Costa, and I am the Renegade Aviator. Call me, 888-366-5256.
1: Questions, comments, suggestions, or recommendations? Call the Renegade Aviator at 888-366-5256 anytime and leave us a message. (laughs) All um. right.
3: tell you, you're on a non-stop flight. (laughs) Well, I don't think I care for that. No, I insist that my flights stop. Preferably at an airport. It's those sudden unscheduled cornfield and housing development stops that seem to interrupt the flow of my day. Here's one they just made up. Near miss. When two planes almost collide, they call it a near miss. It's a near hit! (laughs) A collision is a near miss.
2: (sighs) Look, they nearly (laughs) missed. Okay. You know, uh, somebody called me uh, on our phone number, 888-366-5256, and they went, Why do you play? Why are you playing George Carlin or all these other things in between your show? I just want to hear you talk. Nobody wants to hear me talk for the entire show. Let me get get that straight and get that out of the air right now. So anyway, that's my attempt at creativity. We're interjecting some... uh, aviation humor and with this aviation show this is david costa the renegade aviator next up tim Ladolce, a good friend of mine uh, a real deal i'll get into that after his interview tim is the executive director of the air show that you're going to go to july 14th all day long free parking free event this interview is just a kind of inside look at what it takes what the history of the air show is Kind of what it takes to put a group of people together that are willing to give of their time to put these shows together, and I don't think, really, can't stress it enough how important it is to know that there are still air shows out there that are one hundred percent free to the people who attend to that community. And so, without further ado, good friend of mine, someone who has helped us with our air show team. Tim LaDolce, Executive Director of the Truckee Tahoe Air Show. Here he is.
4: I'm Tim LaDolce. I'm the Executive Director of the Air Show. I've been doing this for quite a long time. 23 years we were in effect before we went into a 16-year hiatus. I came on board in 1977 as the uh, ramp boss. I'm a former air traffic controller and uh, worked at very high-level facilities, so I knew that Side of the job pretty easily. And I was also an aerobatic performer, you know, so did an air show circuit for eight years, you know, and flew a Falcon jet, you know. But <laughs> anyway, the uh, just decided whenever I saw that air show in 1977, uh, it was a sort of like a typical air show that you see at a small town. Very unsafe, you know, unfortunately, because they just didn't have the expertise or the volunteers. So I jump in with both feet. And we got that squared away really quickly. And from that, it led to, why don't you run this thing? You know, so, <laughs> so that became the thing. So we ran it from uh, 1977, my involvement, all the way to 1996. And at that point, it was a two and a half day air show. It was two days. And we were the very first air show that did a night show. And we had a MiG-17 that did the performance at night. And uh, that caused quite a ruckus. Uh, CHP we didn't have any information out to the community that we were going to have a night show. It was sort of like a spur of the thing. <laughs> we were having a little gathering at, on a Friday night before the air show. And people were just lulling around on the field and looking at the statics. Our MiG performer came over and said, you know, I can fly a night show. And I what? you can? No TFR, <laughs> no air boss. Anyway, he took off in his MiG-17. And I swear, you know, a MiG-17's afterburner is about 40 feet long at night. And uh, it was quite the show. And he had, you know, Roman candles going off the wings, you know, all these different colors. And, and you know, we're getting these emergency phone calls from CHP. What is going on at the airport? We understand we're under an invasion and the cars are stopped on Interstate 80 and people are just standing out there. There are no... We're,
2: we're. we're under attack.
4: Yeah, they really, uh, they had no clue what was going on and so... We did that a few more times over the years, you know, but with a lot of people knowing. So that was sort of like a funny side of it. But beyond that, um, the reason why we stopped the air show in 96 was because it was just got to be too much. We were burning out our volunteer corps, and without the volunteers, you can't have an air show. Period. Right? And at the same time, it was a lot of politics. We were going into those bad years where outside of the airport environment, the community was looking at airports as though they were just nothing but a bunch of good old boys, club, you know, with getting all this money and the the airports always had this reputation of being very wealthy, which is not true. Uh, They're fundamentally sound, but they're not as wealthy as the community, some in the community believe. And, um, and we just decided that the airport at that time did not care about the air show anymore. And we were like, we're doing this for the community, you know. So uh, we're just going to stop doing it. And then years later, they hired Kevin, you know. And they'd gone through a succession of airport managers that could not cut the mustard and didn't. Actually divided the airport into three different areas, and that was bad news. And then along comes Kevin. Who has no airport experience, <laughs> but he had people skills. I saw that right away. His first introduction was, How'd you like to run the air show again? And I said, No, I don't think so. You know? And he lassoed you.
3: <laughs> no, no, what
4: had happened is, uh, I think, what two years went by, I think, before uh, he finally came up with a solution. And that was to get three nonprofits the EAA, the Kids Zone, he put those together and then uh, we took it from there and said yeah okay if we're not going to charge people to come in which that was the saddest part uh you know i've said this before in running the air shows in the past i would take about a hundred tickets and they said what are you taking these hundred tickets for i said i'm handing them out to the kids at defenses Mm -hmm. you know and the sad part about that is you'd walk over and whether they were latino white or gray Mm -hmm. you know you walk up to the dad and you say how many kids you got? You know, you go. Oh, I got four kids. And I said, Well, here's two tickets for you and mom, and here's tickets for the kids to get in. Some of them would actually go, No, no, I don't accept that. I don't accept any, any. But I'll, we'll stand at the fence. And it just broke my heart. You yeah. know, it's just like, I mean, we're only five dollars to park car car, ten dollars to get in, but they didn't have the money to do it. You know. When talking to Kevin, he was right on board. I said, We don't want to charge for this. Let's make this an opportunity to give something back to the community him and I just said this is it and it's been that way and growing and getting better ever since my job is to one is to put this group together you know finding the right people to, to do these jobs without irritating each other you know which which is tough you know that is very tough but I have the ability to be able to spot people and say that's a good fit for that job
2: Okay, once again, ladies and gentlemen, that was Tim LaDolce, Executive Director of the Truckee Tahoe Air Show. When you see Tim LaDolce at the Truckee Tahoe Air Show, walk up to him and thank him for his service. F-4 fighter pilot from Vietnam. The guy's done some real cool stuff. He is the real deal. And it's guys like this that are now putting on this show uh, for you Saturday, July 14th, up at the Truckee Airport. See you there.
3: The safety lecture continues. The next thing they do, they tell you to locate your nearest emergency exit. I do this immediately. I locate my nearest emergency exit, and then I plan my route. You have to plan your route. It's not always a straight line, is it? Sometimes there's a really big fat sitting right in front of you. Well, you know you'll never get over him. I look around for women and children, midgets and dwarfs, cripples, war widows, paralyzed veterans, people with broken legs, anybody who looks like they can't move too well. The emotionally disturbed come in very handy at a time like this. You might have to go out of your way to find these people, but you'll get out of the plane a lot quicker, believe me. I say, let's see. I'll go around the fat, step on the widow's head, push those children out of the way, knock down the paralyzed midget, And get out of the plane where I can help others.
2: (laughs) All right. I'm going to keep playing George Carlin on this show. I don't know why, but I got a few more coming. So if you don't like George, it's too bad. I cleaned him up nice and clean. This is clean George Carlin. But anyway, in the couple seconds I have left here before the next break, I want you to think about this. What was it in aviation? What is your story? That's what I want to hear. What is your story in aviation? If you're a pilot, how did you get started? Maybe you have family members or yourself that were in combat and have some cool stories to tell, maybe some unique airplanes. But aviation is full of stories. Anything that drives passion like aviation is full of stories. And the stories are, are things that people want to hear. This is not a show where I talk about engine makes and models and go chapter and verse over some B.S. Um, this is not a car show, Not nothing against car shows, but this is not a car show where we uh, talk about boring stuff. I really want to hear the passion, the drive, the inspiration behind your journey in aviation. Other people want to hear it, too. 888-366-5256. We'll be right back.
1: Both
3: pilots...
2: Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be
3: serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley.
1: Welcome to the Renegade Aviator Radio Show with David Costa.
2: The thing. Learning to fly—that's probably the biggest question I get asked as the Renegade Aviator. I'm back, Dave Costa, Renegade Aviator, 888-366-5256. Number one question people that are not involved in aviation ask is, um, "How do I get started? How do I learn how to fly?" The other big thing I get is, "I used to fly, or I started to learn how to fly." but I stopped. Maybe I'll address that a little bit here, because it's something, you know, I think a lot of people that are not currently in aviation have this longing to at least try it. It's cool, right? I mean, flying an airplane is cool. You got to admit it. I mean, look at us, look at me, you can't see me, but look at me, look how cool I am. <laughs> anyway, where the hell was I going with this? So here, here's, here's some tips, I guess. I tell people this all the time. It's really this simple. Show up at the airport. I say it a lot. Show up at the airport. No matter what it is you want to do in life, show up. So that's really the first step. There's a lot of excuses out there to flying airplanes. There's a lot of excuses in anything you want to do in life. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. You know, I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough, it's too hard. All these things mean absolutely nothing. So, if you're sitting there, driving in your car, listening to this radio show, and you want to know, how do I learn how to fly, or how do I get started? Google, pull over, Google the nearest airport, get in your car, and drive there. Then what? Okay, that's the easy part, right? Showing up. And then you want to figure out what it is you want to do. But flying doesn't need to be as expensive as as it's made out to be. I mean, sure, there's money and time. There is an investment that you need to make. But a big part of it is, is take that first flight. Almost every flight school that I know of. And if you call my office at 888-366-5256, I will give you some suggestions on who to call. Take a flight. Don't worry about studying the books yet. Don't worry about all the different steps. You show up at the airport, step one. Step two is you book yourself on a discovery flight. Get in the airplane and fly. Go up with a flight instructor. They'll let you sit in the left seat, and you'll get to actually fly an airplane. And you can be a kid. You can be a teenager, and you can start flying. Or you could be an old guy or girl or person be politically correct here. (laughs) But, you know, the big thing is getting into the air and you're going to get bit by the bug. I I will caution you this way. Uh, Flying is an addiction. It's been my addiction for 30 some years, probably longer than that. I'm 50 some years old. And from my earliest memories, I've looked at airplanes and and, and wanted to be a part of it. Uh, So it is an addiction. But I think people overcomplicate getting a pilot's license. You know, see if you like it. Of course you're going to like it. It's really, really fun. If you're afraid of heights, don't worry about it. I can't get on a ladder, yet I fly um, aerobatic jet fighter aircraft. Um, yet you put me on a ladder, I'm scared to death. They, um, it's an accomplishment, you know, to actually be in control of an airplane. I really want to encourage people to get out to their local airports. And there's a lot of ways to do It, it doesn't need to be powered flight. I mean, here in the local reno tahoe carson area we have gliders we have powered aircraft we have aerobatic schools so there's quite a bit of things that that you can do if you think of aviation as a sport which although i work in aviation i mean i'm a corporate jet pilot an air show pilot test pilot but i also think of aviation as a sport so early on i started taking aerobatic lessons and flew aerobatic airplanes just because it was fun so for you, uh, you know, a lot of times it's a it's a younger crowd that ends up getting into aerobatics. But I highly recommend aerobatic training for anybody looking to become a pilot. Uh, when you go through your basic pilot training, they're going to show you everything that you shouldn't do with an airplane. They're going to caution you about stalling the airplane. And they're going to have you, you know, fly within some very tight parameters and and keep the airplane within certain airspeed ranges and and certain um, attitude ranges. Don't bring the nose up too high. Don't bank too steep. And then you get into aerobatics and people like me will show you how to fly that airplane to the edge of its envelope and to, um, you know, fly upside down, to spin the aircraft, to do cool things like that. If you're already a pilot, and maybe you're just a private pilot, go and get an advanced rating. Go add something to your repertoire. Go out there and maybe get an instrument rating, or get a commercial rating, or learn how to fly a tail dragger. For those of you that are not pilots or not aviation buffs, a tail dragger is the one with a little tiny tail wheel by, by the back of the airplane, totally unique experience. Um, And the airplanes that you choose to fly don't need to be expensive. There's all price ranges. I can put people in airplanes that are a little more than the price of a car, um, and a used car at that. There is some uh, older aircraft that are completely safe, that are fun to fly. And if you're not going places going long distances. You don't need a whole bunch of fancy avionics and computer-controlled stuff in the cockpit. You need basic aircraft. And that's what I think is missing today in aviation, is the people that are out at the airport every single day on their days off and simply flying somewhere. And I'm going to give a, uh, I guess, a command out to you pilots out there. Get somebody up in the air with you. It's it's kind of... Um, if there's an empty seat, fill it. Get people involved in aviation, because the more people that are involved in aviation, the better it is for everybody. And not just for the pilots, but for, for the aviation professionals that work at our local airports. From the maintenance personnel, to the people who fuel aircraft, and uh, people who sell aircraft, the people that do flight training. Uh, we need to expand this group. We, as pilots, a lot of times we appear to be a closed group. We're not. We need to expand that and get more people involved. And that's part of the reason for this radio show. Is part of the reason I do the Renegade Aviator radio show is to open aviation up to a new group of people. Guys, girls, all races, colors, creeds, um, and all skill levels. Because I believe that a lot of the things you learn in aviation carries through to a lot of other parts of your life. And I know I draw these strange tangent lines to everything I do. But, um, you know, if you're involved in aviation, you learn and understand excellence. You learn and understand how to minimize mistakes, how to accept responsibility for your actions, pilot and command responsibility. What a big thing. So especially for young kids, to teach these kids at an early age and even teach... Teach some adults from the from the thing I've seen out there that teach people that pilot and command responsibility, you are responsible for everything that happens on that flight. And it's something that can be taught and learned. And I think it's something that carries over in the life. That's why you'll notice pilots in general, we have kind of an attitude, um, you know, kind of a uh, take no prisoners attitude at some time, but also an attitude of responsibility. So, you know, if you're going to do hobbies. Uh, Why not pick this one? Aviation is there for anybody. Doesn't matter, young or old, rich or poor. There's all kinds of ways to get started. We're going to talk about it more on coming shows. But for now, call my office, 888-366-5256, because my role with this radio show is to be a value, to be of service, to give back. So when you call my office at 888-366-5256, I'm going to help you, me personally. So leave a message, ask your question, whatever it may be. I'll get you some support, some help, uh, some direction, and I'll be that accountability partner for you. Anyway, next up, you guessed it, Carlin. The safety lecture continues.
3: In the unlikely event... This is a very suspect phrase. Especially coming as it does from an industry that is willing to lie about arrival and departure times. In the unlikely event of a sudden change in cabin pressure... ROOF FLIES OFF! An oxygen mask will drop down in front of you. Place the mask over your face and breathe normally. Well, I have no problem with that. I always breathe normally when I'm in a 600 mile an hour uncontrolled vertical dive <laughs> They tell you to adjust your oxygen mask before helping your child with his I Did not need to be told that In fact, I'm probably going to be too busy screaming to help him at all This will be a good time for him to learn self-reliance Fairly simple thing, just a little rubber band in the back is all it is. Not nearly as complicated as, say, for instance, a (laughs) seatbelt.
2: All right, we got a couple minutes here, uh, a little bit of time before the next break. And I want to make an offer out to people. Um, Putting this show together is more of a labor of love than it makes good business and financial sense. So we're looking for sponsors. We're looking for people to help. If you'd like to help with the Renegade Aviator radio show, we'd love to have you, especially if you have the ability to put together uh, some cool um, segments to uh, help us, uh, even if you want to report on things. But more specifically, what I need is help on the uh, technology side. If you can edit audio files um, and take uh, some of the some of the vision I have for this show and uh, really make it pop. Because this is about entertainment, and I want to put on a good, entertaining show. I'm not the guy to do that. A good pilot knows his limitations, and my limitation is, uh, you know, what it is. But it's not making radio shows. So I can use your help. Contact me, 888-366-5256, and... If you want to be part of our air show team, we are always looking for the best. We need help with the air show team as well. We're going to be out there seeing people all across this great country. We've got a really cool TS-11 Iskra jet that is going through a new paint job. We need maintenance personnel, ground support personnel. We need people that can do sales and marketing. Contact me, 888-366-5256 and be a part of the air show industry, both on the Renegade Aviator Radio Show and with our jet team, contact me now, 888-366-5256. Back after this break.
1: Welcome to the Renegade Aviator Radio Show with David Costa.
2: About
3: this time, they tell you you'll be landing shortly. That sounded to you like we're going to miss the runway? <laughs> Final approach is not very promising either, is it? Final is not a good word to be using on an airplane. Sometimes the pilot will get on, you'll say, we'll be on the ground in 15 minutes. Well, that's a little vague, isn't it? <laughs> now we're taxiing in. She says, Welcome to O'Hare International Airport. Well, how can someone who is just arriving herself possibly welcome me to a place she isn't even at yet? Doesn't this doesn't this violate? Some fundamental law
2: of physics? What would a family festival be without a kid's zone? Kevin Smith, Truckee Tahoe Airport District, will explain the kid's zone at the air show this Saturday, 14 July, 2018. com. Listen to this. Anything else? Anybody want to add anything?
5: No, I don't know. Did we talk about the... Kid Zone area at
4: all? Oh, no, we didn't. So, just r-
5: real quick. So, the Kid Zone, you know, the family, the Turkey Tower Air Show and Family Festival, that family festival side, we take that serious and we have a whole area uh, set aside for kids. And I have four kids, and from six years old to 13 years old, and my younger ones definitely love to go over there. Everything from puppet shows to music, bounce houses, uh, to, and shade tents, you know, it's, it's, it's on grass, there's a playground there. Um, it's a great place to be, a great place to bring your kids. And um, if you have small children and you're worried about them maybe not being totally engaged with P-51 Mustangs, we've got something for everyone at this show. And, and so it's, it's a really fun thing to come and have them uh, participate with them. Face painting, you know, they, do, they do all those things there.
2: So your kid's not going to be wandering around aimlessly, they don't have stuff to do. So yeah. the parents can have fun. Yeah, you can't leave them there. <laughs> uh, yeah. They do. They Some do. do. But we pr-
5: appreciate the parents staying with their kids when they're in there. But there is something for all the kids. Yeah, that they can come and, and enjoy the the, the the family festivals.
2: All right, look, I want you to listen to this. This is Mike Swanson of Skydive Truckee Tahoe, and um, one of the performers there. I'm going to finish this up. I'm going to let you listen to Mike talk, and then we're going to talk, just kind of uh, sum up some of the performers you're going to see at the Truckee Tahoe air show. Just listen to this cool cat, and listen to what he's talking about. This is what an air show performer sounds like. It ain't crazy. These guys are cold and calm. Listen to this. Anything else you want to talk bad about somebody? We gonna you want to you want to you talk, talk some <laughs> smack to? Well, you should talk
4: it <laughs> right, <this laughs> up with This wingsuit team. Uh, yeah. there's two of you that were that were on
6: you and Brian. Or did Brian do the? Charles, oh. yeah. He did Charles do Brian. the yep. the Point Break. Um, myself and John. You and John yep. did that one. Yeah, yeah, we both did the the new remake of Point Break. We also did, have you uh, seen that movie? I haven't seen a new one. I saw the original one. I was going to yeah. say,
4: when you didn't have the expression that most people have about, mm-hmm. that is quite the, the jump.
6: And, and ha- so you were there for, how many jumps did you do for the movie? Um, we spent about a month in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And we did about... The things 60. you do for your country. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 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 we did about 60 jumps for the wingsuit scene. And then we did all the other aerial scenes also, so we chased the pallets of money out of the airplanes, and, um, uh, jumped out of, uh, uh, jumped into, made it look like we were jumping into a cave. We couldn't actually get permission for that. But <laughs> yeah. you would have done it. Yeah, I've jumped into a cave once before, so it's quite, oh, it's quite <laughs> <laughs> special. And uh, and and you can't see
2: this on radio, but Mike is just real laid back, and he's talking about jumping into a cave, and I'm sitting here, my hands are shaking. They, have, they actually, have, it's
4: in Mexico, and it's, th- this hole is no bigger than maybe what hundred feet round.
2: Yeah. yeah,
6: yeah, I haven't jumped into that one. I jumped into the, I believe it's the second largest cave, and that's in Oman. And i kept uh, thinking yeah
4: now how do they get out of this cave
6: yeah, <laughs> yeah a winch yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's deep
4: it's deep
1: how deep's the cave
6: um the one that i jumped into was about 400 feet wow the one that we were trying to get permission for the point break shoot is i believe it's around 800 feet deep and we were we were supposed to jump out of a helicopter a few hundred feet above the cave and then free fall into the cave and open once we were inside the cave. But uh, the cave's been shut down um, by the local tribes for quite some time now. And um, no amount of uh, Hollywood money is gonna open it back up. It so, um, and then there was one other stunt in there, which was uh, CGI, which was when we were, uh, motors. we were supposed to ride a motorcycle out of a glass window. And then open a parachute, and uh, the building that we had permission to do that um, ended up taking the permission away. So we weren't able to do that stunt either. But everything else in is real and um, as real as it gets. So it's Point
2: Break Two? Is that is no, it's, it's just Point Break. Point yeah. Break. Okay. Yeah, yep. is the remake? Yeah. Get basically. it on
6: Netflix. Gotta get
2: it. Don't believe it. Watch it. Okay, you want to hear the list of everybody you're going to see at the Truckee Tahoe Air Show? I'm going to read down the list. you got a whole bunch of stuff here. So come on out on um, July 14th, Saturday. It's going to be uh, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Go to TruckeeTahoeAirShow.com. You're going to see the Red Bull Wingsuit Team. And these guys, as you just heard in the last segment with Mike, they just appeared in the Point Break movie, and they travel around the world constantly pushing the limits of human flight. The Red Bull Air Force team is comprised of some of the most experienced and accomplished aviation experts and this team's core belief is that humans were always meant to fly. They relentlessly pursue that which is thought impossible. I love that. No engines, no props, no instruments. They're pretty much just a wearable wing and experienced jumpers can certainly fly these things. Come out and see them. Kirby Chambliss, renowned world champion in aerobatics, backed by popular demand. Uh, Kirby returns on July 14th, and he's ready to give air show attendees a thrilling performance filled with speed and swirls and twirls. To date, Kirby has accumulated 13 medals in world competitions, and by the early 2000s, he was recognized as one of the top 15 aerobatic pilots in the world and was asked to compete in his very first Red Bull Air Race. He transferred transferred his explosive, aggressive flying style to the racetrack, and now he is a two-time Red Bull Air Race world champion. Come see Kirby. Come out and talk to him. There's going to be a Spitfire, World War II Spitfire, a must-see in flight, This Spitfire revered as the plane that won the Battle of Britain in 1940, and there's only 35 Spitfires still flying around the world, and only 957 productions of the Spitfire Mark 14 were ever built. This is the first Spitfire in large-scale production with the V-12 Rolls-Royce Griffin 65 engine, and it entered service in 1944. The Mark 14 was the most successful of all the variants at destroying the V-1 flying bombs during World War II. And if your kids don't know about that, teach them some history. Anne Serbinenko, the sky dancer, she's going to be there. Anna, sorry, Anna Serbinenko. she's a self-proclaimed sky dancer. Slowly and precising, dancing in the sky in her super decathlon... Her performance is set to classical music and captures audiences with its elegance. Anna transcends the world. Uh, it, she transcends the word, I can't read my own notes, multi talented. She speaks fluently more than six languages, ladies and gentlemen. She owns and operates the Canadian Flight Center, competes as a figure skater, and as a mom, too. Anna was born in the Ukraine and spent several years living in Switzerland, Germany and Brazil before moving to Canada in 2008. You're going to see Rich Perkins, U.S. Air Force veteran, retired lieutenant colonel. Rich pilots the Yak-54, Russian Thunder, the only Yak-54 in the United States, one of only six built. The Russian Thunder was the first production Yak-54. It was manufactured in uh, Saratov, Russia, in the former Soviet Union, and it was created specifically to train the, Russia, the Soviet aerobatic competition team to win the World Aerobatic Championship. This aircraft is one of the highest performance sport aerobatic aircraft in the world, and Rich's Yak-54 is the only one on the airshow circuit in the United States. It's capable of climbing at over 3,000 feet per minute and at climb angles which will absolutely amaze Anybody watching it can perform any aerobatic maneuver ever seen at an air show or aerobatic competition. You're going to have the P-51D Man of War. The P-51D was one of the most important military aircraft in aviation history. In California, 1945, the aircraft is a near is a near combat veteran. It was sent to Europe in March 1945, but it didn't see combat. This P-51D was converted to a two-seater so that people can experience this amazing aircraft firsthand and check this item off their bucket list. Rides are available now. Uh, through the air show get on out there uh, you're going to see him from thursday friday the friday the 13th through sunday july 15th and you can go to the website TruckyTahoeAirShow.com and you can sign up for a ride in one of these babies there's also a north american b-25 mitchell bomber executive suite The B-25 plans to soar, or more likely roar, through the sky. It's known as a medium bomber because it was designed to operate with medium-sized bomb loads over medium-range distances, but to the crowd, it's going to look pretty darn big. And if you can't make it, uh, if you can't, see it in the air you might just hear it this thing is loud rides are also available friday july 13th through sunday july 15th and you can find more details online who else is coming barry b-dog hancock barry b-dog hancock brings his vibrant yellow t6 warbird to this year's air show for spectacular low-level aerobatic performance B Dog has a tenacious passion for flight, clocking in nearly forty five hundred hours a majority of those hours in warbirds b dog's passion for aviation goes beyond flying. He volunteers with the Commemorative Air Force, performs missing man formations, and speaks to the youth about his passion and talents. Passion and talents, baby. That's what we're all about. Come on out to the air show, Truckee Tahoe Air Show, July 14th. I said it over and over again. Why? Because you need to be there. It's free. You can't beat free today. Bring the kids. Bring everybody out. This is Dave Costa, Renegade Aviator
1: questions comments suggestions or recommendations call the renegade aviator at 888-366-5256 anytime and leave us a message